Good morning. Let's have a fight about viewability. Welcome to the second in our series of podcasts. We're running this in conjunction with Adma as part of their Brightest Minds series, where we bring together some of the brightest minds in the worlds of media, marketing, advertising and analytics to discuss issues that are contentious, interesting or simply matters of debate uh, in the Australian market. We're joined in the studio today by Ben Sharp, who is the Vice President and Managing Director of AdRoll uh, in the Asia-Pacific, James Diamond, who is the Managing Director of Integral Ad Science, Imran Masood, who is the Country Manager for Seismic and Leah Daly, who is the founder of Cherry Media Group. Before I throw to the discussion, I started by talking to Jodie Sangster, who is the CEO of ADMA, and asked her, really, who ought to be responsible for viewability standards? So who drives the decision-making over um, viewability uh, guidelines and standards is a really difficult question um, because you would initially say, well, it should be the, the advertiser who should, who should drive that guideline and drive that standard. Um, but obviously the advertiser is going to set the bar extremely high um, and is it actually possible for the industry to respond to that guideline and meet that guideline. So there has to be a um, input from other players, whether it be the publishers or the agencies, to also have a viewpoint, to set a guideline at a or a standard at a rate that's actually um, sensible um, and that, that reflects both industry practice and what the advertiser needs. So that, I think the three parties need to be part of that conversation. But what I would say is that we've got so much focus at the moment on guidelines and what should the what should the viewability standard be. And I think there's actually bigger issues than that. As a marketer, you should be tracking all of your marketing and looking at how that marketing is responding what return you're getting on your marketing investment, um, what's working for you, what isn't, etc. Uh, and through those measures, you should be able to pick up what's happening with your advertising, whether it's been viewed, whether it hasn't been viewed, and investing your money in the channels or the platforms that are actually working for you. So not just relying on, you know, does someone meet a viewability standard, but actually looking at your marketing and how your marketing is, is um, uh, returning on your investment. One question that occurred to me as I was listening to you guys talk is the it's the issue around viewability. Now, for months before the standards were kind of settled at the IB, we kept hearing reports that there were lots and lots of arguments and lots and lots of debates within those committees around the viewability standards. So what was the issue and what was the resolution? I don't think it's still resolved. Oh, it's, uh, okay. yeah, I, I so what is the issue? <laughs> what is I'll the tell you what the issue is, is there is no industry standard. There's no industry consensus on what a viewable impression is. There's no consensus on how you should measure that or report and uh, measure and report on that. Um, and I think there are multiple different people or types of um, uh, groups in the industry with a different view on what a viewable impression should should be. So I actually think that there is a big role for one of the dominant industry bodies, whether it's ADMA or IOB, to really take a leadership position here and actually field from the industry, from all stakeholders in the industry, what does viewability mean to you? What do you think a viewable impression should be? How should we go about um, you know, measuring and then reporting on it? And then I think we need, similar to the world of um, audience measurement that the IAB have put together, actually have a third-party platform endorsed by, you know, by an industry body as the official measurement for, for viewability. And then it's up to the you know, players in the industry to decide whether they want to invest into that third-party verification tool. I think that once you've got marketers and agencies saying, I'm not going to buy from your, your platform unless you know, I can track it with you know, an industry-endorsed um, viewability um, platform, 
you know, that'll that'll shift the, the industry. Do you not think, though, that there is a viewability standard that's been agreed on by the MRC that's globally accepted? I mean, it's accepted in the US, it's accepted in the UK, it's accepted throughout Europe. Yeah. But here, it seems there's some hesitance to accept what the rest of the world has accepted, as if we're on some sort of internet segment of our own. I do think that the MRC has put forward a definition of, of what a viewable impression is. I think it's accepted throughout the US, throughout uh, the United Kingdom, throughout Europe, and we'd be crazy to try and come up with our own definition locally in Australia that's different. Um, some industry bodies in Australia have come out, I think the IB as well, certainly the AANA have come out and said we accept the MRC definition. Trying to create our own definition means that when an advertiser, an agency goes to a publisher and says, I want to buy a viewable impression, everyone should know what that means. There shouldn't be 50 different definitions of what a viewable impression is. And increasingly, people are buying globally. Look at Tourism Australia. They buy impressions globally. Um, so they, they need to know when they're buying in North America that a viewable impression is equivalent to one in Australia. But what does that mean to cost in market? It's going to push the cost up of an ad impression. For sure, yeah. I mean, if right now, 50% of the ads that are, that are bought never materialise themselves as illuminated pixels on a screen. It's total waste. So if you got rid of them and doubled the CPM on everything that's viewable, we'd be in exactly the same position. There'd be half as much stuff on the internet. The thing would run a whole lot faster. Therefore, there'd be less ad blockers going around. And it'd be a net win for everyone. I think there's a, there's a difference between what's industry accredited, the MRC and what the standards been set up, versus what um, advertisers, agencies or marketers deem to be acceptable for their investment. So setting a standard of, um, you know, if it's 50% of the ad for one second, etc., that if that's the MRC accreditation, then it's actually the brands or the advertisers as well that are now saying, well, how much of my investment needs to be yeah. viewable? Yeah. And so that's that's where yeah. the conflict is because okay. some businesses are saying 100%. We're only paying for 100% of all of our impressions are viewable. And if they're measured by a third party, they're measured by a third party. Some businesses are saying 70. The industry standard is 50%. Right? Well, I wouldn't or say less. standard. I'd say that that's where the industry is yeah. at. Yeah. I think the WNA is the suggesting industry, yeah. they try and get it up to 70%. Yeah. this year and move to trading on viewability the year after. Yeah. Can, can I then ask, is it fair to trade on 100% viewable impressions for every ad that is served? Because if you then look at other media formats, offline media formats, mm -hmm. what's, a viewability, what's yeah. the viewability of TV ads? What's the viewability of ads in a magazine or ads that appear on a radio that have actually been listened to by, by an individual? The, the one, like the one benefit of everything in the world of digital advertising is it is so measurable but it's also part of the downside in that mm. the expectation suddenly becomes that every ad that I serve should be seen by someone at that moment that it is served. Now there's multiple reasons why okay. but there's multiple reasons why it's not going to be seen. There's fraudulent reasons why they might not be seen and that's what needs to be stamped out but just because you know an ad you know a pixel of an ad appears uh, you know above the fold for you know a second doesn't mean that it's a viewable ad. So I think the thing is, we're not people aren't asking for confirmation the ad has been seen. Yeah. They're asking for confirmation that the ad has had the opportunity to be seen. Yes. Mm. So yeah. the comparison to TV, the, the TV ads never appear below the fold. They're always on the screen. They always have the opportunity to be seen. Fifty percent of what's sold in digital never actually has the opportunity to be seen. I think mm. that's what we need to fix. And I think if you could do it in other channels. People would. I mean, I don't think mm. we should be holding ourselves to the standards of, of TV, the very low standards of TV. Yeah. We certainly don't do that for audience. 
why would we do it for media quality? If anything, digital should be setting the bar. We can measure it, so let's manage it. Does mm. it mean CPMs are going to go up? Absolutely. Mm. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. But also, I think our brands willing to to invest the additional in, in the CPM to ensure that quality, and and then that's there. That's the question they need to answer as well, right? To set that expectation. And is there additional uh, I mean, though? Because if, if you, at the moment, fifty percent of what you're paying for never comes into view. So if you just take that money and double the cost of everything that's left, your, your cost per viewable impression is exactly the same. The amount you've paid for ads that come into view hasn't changed. Yeah, it's a really interesting to me because I was in that web order committee as well six years ago when the whole order refresh conversation was going on and I made the same argument, which is if you take away that inventory, if you basically, if you all turn off auto refresh tomorrow, so we all agree we're just gonna turn it off, it's the same amount of money chasing less, um, Chasing less spaces, so the yield will go up, but the amount of money you spend is the same. The performance the of the ads isn't going to change dramatically. Shouldn't change at all, right? Because yeah, no. the, really, the performance should only be coming from the viewable impressions. Mm -hmm. If anything, there'll be some parts of the industry that are maybe making money from non-viewable impressions, mm -hmm. cookie bombing mm -hmm. to try and get post-impression attribution. If we move to trade on viewability, I think they'll find it really hard. But at the moment, if you're if you're making money from non-viewable impressions, you're probably not really adding value. Okay, so I'm going to ask, just to finish up on this point, two really naive questions, or one naive question with two points, which is, A, why don't the brands, the people who spend the money, get to set the rules? And B, to your point, why would you use any standard other than an international standard in Australia? I don't get that. I've never understood why Australia would want to have a different standard than anyone else in the world. I think firstly, um, to answer your first part of your question, I think that, that brands and, and marketers need to be educated more about technology to even get into the realm of setting the rules. <laughs> That's first off. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, I think the other thing with uh, you know, the responsibility of brands to agree to pay more for higher quality um, ad space, it absolutely falls on them and the agencies. Okay. Like I know what happens when this rolls down to a buyer inside, in, inside an agency. They're starting to go, where can I get the cheapest deal? Where can I negotiate the biggest discount? Where can I show the most amount of value to, to my client? And then wrap it all up in this you know, awesome media schedule that says, look at all this bonus stuff that I, that I supplied for you. So mm. you know, where does bonus impressions come from? Bonus impressions come from crap placement, you know, somewhere that you know, is Same unlikely. Same traditional media. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> unlikely to be seen. And you know, that, that is you know, in mm. one of the many causes for um, for you know the unviewable impressions. So here's the bit I don't understand. I would have thought all that, whatever we want to call it, remnant free rubbish inventory, crap inventory. I would have thought it would perform really, really badly. So at the end of the day, if you're buying, you're spending a marketing budget, you want a return on your spend. Yeah. That the the market would like give you a result, which is well, you can spend thirty percent of your money on this inventory that costs one percent of this inventory, but you're going to get no response. Is it simply that we're not measuring that at an agency level? I think that's where it comes to real business outcomes. Mm. So right now we're measuring the industry and the, um, the, the pricing structure based on media metrics, not on, on brand metrics. Mm -hmm. So if, we, if you invest the same amount of money uh, into the industry and um, we look at viewable, non-fraudulent impressions and we can deliver you a better return, mm -hmm. is that a more appealing solution? The price you're going to pay for that, um, actually in the long run, will balance itself out because of the overall return we'll deliver. Um, and that's, I think, the, the, the challenge that the media is having with the advertiser in, in, ha in creating that message that actually they can understand that 
they are still getting value and greater value mm -hmm. from this. We had that, that ex this exact problem uh, with an advertisement recently about viewability and I had the conversation with um, a pragmatic publisher and they gave a really smart answer. It was, what is the value of an unviewable ad? And I said, what do you mean? That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> and they said, well, let's take retargeting for example. If, that, if the user has shown high intent and they're on a particular site and there is an ad impression there and it might be below the fold, and that we have a good opportunity in serving and filling that ad impression to a high intent, as someone that's, that showed high intent, why wouldn't we serve it? And how can you say that that is not going to convert into a leader of sale? And that is a really, really good point. And then when, when this publisher were post-campaign, the, the campaign was more successful than it actually had ever been. And they actually showed us how much inventory was, was you know, below the fold, it was unviewable. And you know, it, it really it created more of an argument you know, in my head about you know, viewable and non-viewable impressions because the CPA was lower than it ever had been. I I'd like to jump in there really quickly because it's really interesting, the discussion around retargeting, considering that's the core product that we mm. deliver at AdRoll. Mm. Um, yes, as a retargeting platform, we will absolutely try and serve as many ads as possible to a high intent user as soon as they leave the site. Um, now, we're not always sure whether that ad that is served or about to be served is going to be viewable or not because it will be on a page and hopefully the, the user on that page will, will scroll down to it. Mm -hmm. The really important thing for any platform to be able to do from a reporting perspective um, is to be able to report on post-view conversions and post-click conversions, right. yep. but then also give the client or the advertiser in this particular case the ability to set their own attribution settings. So, you know, a, a, a client might turn around and say, you know what, I'm prepared to pay you, um, you know, on a post-view conversion on a six-hour window. Um, but if you get someone to click on one of your ads, um, then I'm going to give you 28 days to, you know, to, to convert that user after, you know, after they've clicked on the ad, which yeah. I think is fair. But you know, every advertiser is going to think, you know, think very differently from, from that. But as long as that transparency and control exists in the platform, then I think you're doing the right thing by the, by the client. Yeah, I, I would say that an ad that never comes into view, zero value. It has to have zero value. It cannot contribute to the success of the campaign in any way. You can't tell, to Ben's point, whether an ad is going to come into view or not before you buy it. We, you, we can do that with brand safety. We can do that with fraud. Before you place the ad, you can know if it's brand safe or if, it's, if you're serving the ad to a bot. But you can't for viewability because you can't control how people navigate the page. But what we can do is measure if it did eventually come into view. And if you're seeing people with really low CPAs and really low viewability, then I think they're probably potentially cookie bombing buying a whole lot of non-viewable impressions to get post-impression attribution. Um, and that's where, as Ben mentioned, you, if you've got that ability to say, well, you know what, it's got to be post-viewable impression, not just post-served mm. impression. Post-viewable mm. impression, then I'll give you the credit for it. Mm. But just serving the ad, I think, incentivizes the wrong behavior, incentivizes people just to carpet bomb rather than mm. try to actually Back influence. So when you say cookie bombing, what you mean is that they don't really care whether the ad's seen by an eye or not. What they really care is that the cookie is served up so that they can be retargeted later. So we mean that, it, that it, it flags that they're the ones who served an ad to them last. 
Okay. So, you know, I'm, I don't necessarily need the ad to be viewable in order for an agency and advertiser to credit me for a conversion. Yep. When in fact, clearly, if, if someone converts without seeing any viewable ads, well, they were always going to convert. But I think I might be wrong, but what you were saying was, irrespective of whether the ad was seen or not, that was a high value target person and the fact that the cookie was on the page allowed us to get, get them at a later that's date. That's correct. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. That's the debate. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, guys, I am going to have to call it uh, quits there because we've run out of time, but thank you very much for, uh, for that conversation. So thank you for joining us today for a conversation about viewability and thanks to the panel members for this fairly vibrant conversation. Next week we are back to discuss matters pertaining to social media marketing and the use of social media by corporations. The interesting thing about that podcast is that we recorded it just a few hours after United dragged one of its customers screaming and bleeding from its planes in the US. So we'll look forward to talking to you then. Thank you.